Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Outkick 360 is back alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Kuharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton. Glad you're with us. As always, Lance Lee, Jakob Swanson, David Reed, the chairman of the board, Emma Notstein making all things happen. We call her our queen for social media. And a big day. Good Friday to everyone watching on this April 2nd. A lot to get to throughout this first hour. NFL headlines, final four predictions and analysis. And in hour number two, later this afternoon, the VolQuest Power Hour, everything going on in Knoxville with the Tennessee Athletic Program. Guys, good morning. Boys, I think we just successfully completed what felt like the quickest of the three weeks in OutKick 360 history. This has been an exceptionally quick week, fast moving. I see Lance and Jakob nodding their head back there. They also agree that these shows have been terrific. As we do. And uh, I think that this, there's only one thing left to do. For fear of being fired, they must finish, agree. Finish there's only one thing left to do. Jake Taylor in Major League once said, win the whole bleeping thing was the one thing left to do. I think we need to win this week. We need to close it out the right way with a solid, maybe spectacular two hours. I think we still have some work to do. I, uh, at paulkuharski.com, had a broadcast last night, and a guy in there said, when do you start? <laughs> so... Um, And where? On these very, you guys were saying, on these very things I'm talking to you on now. Yeah. Facebook Live. You were were live on Facebook. (laughs) Paul's live on Facebook. And the guy was complaining he couldn't find you. With with one of your uh, Facebook Live shows for paulkowarski.com. And uh, for someone to to actually physically find Paul and chime in and also know how to comment on it. Yeah. And then ask, so when, when do you guys get started is, is very frustrating. Yeah, it was a little bit of a disappointment, but I educated and I uh, think we must continue to educate. Though it's well, hard, to, the people watching us right now are not the people that need the education. We know that you know. Well, we help need us to share spread it. the word. Yeah, share. Share right now. Hit share, hit like, and spread the, spread the gospel to, uh, to others. On this Easter weekend, spread the gospel of Outkick 360. Yes. Uh, YouTube, you can subscribe to the YouTube channel for Outkick. You can set a reminder as well. If you have an Amazon device, you can ask Alexa to search Outkick on YouTube. The show will pop up whenever we're live each and every weekday. Also, if you enjoy our content at all or Outkick's content at all, you cannot get on social media without seeing an ad or seeing our videos <laughs> pop up somewhere. Uh, Emma and her crew do a terrific job getting the word out that way. So you can find us on social media channels all over the place. But I'm with you, Paul. It is a lesson in continuing to pound the pavement and letting people know exactly where we are and how you can listen. Uh, for those that want um, you know, the clean audio feed for your drive home, we're on wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, 
everywhere. Audible Stitcher. If you can't find us, we're going to find you. So that's what I mean by when you log into social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you're, you're, if you're following us on those channels, you're going to find us. We did. The live stream's going to pop up, and you're going to be able to see us there. Here's the other thing, too. We want to be on a Nashville radio station come July 7th. That's going to happen somewhere. So for people who are saying, hey, we want to hear you on radio, too, you can hear us in Knoxville right now. We're going to have other radio affiliates as well. But we want to be on somewhere in Nashville also come July 7th, and hopefully that's something that will happen. We did a collective commercial uh, for, for that they put on Facebook, and we did individual commercials. And you guys told me you see my commercial a bunch. I see I've not mine seen now any a lot of too. The, I've not seen any of them, but do you think the algorithm is somehow not showing me my own commercial? Are they <laughs> that smart? Maybe. Instead, they're showing you underwear and, and T-shirts for $100. Well, that's the problem is that I shop for jeans and, and T-shirts, and so I'm not seeing any commercials for anything except jeans and T-shirts. I'll tell you what, if Antonio don't. Banderas does an ad for underwear... That's oh. going to pop up on Paul's This feed. man's going to see it. Lot this man's going to see it. And He's going right to see it. With it. Though I think, you know. I'll, I'll, I'll order it. <laughs> I'm going to move on to shirts. Oh, I'll be buying. <laughs> yeah. I'll move on to shirts. Yeah. Speaking of shirts, um, there, there's that uh, girl stole my look segment from the Joan Rivers days of the Bravo TV show that uh, Claire watches all the time. But this is like the red carpet stuff. Yeah. Do you feel like Chad stole your look today? Uh, with the very warm flannel shirt that he wore today uh, and the its, one that we were comparing to the brawny man yesterday for you. Only in its flannelness. But, I mean, I, to me, a shirt's more about what it looks like, not what it's made of. <laughs> well, what do you think about the shirt? Yeah, you, it's you, very it's similar. It seems like you got something you want to say about no, the fine. shirt. It's fine. Just fine? Uh, it's not my favorite of your wardrobe, but it's yeah. fine. <laughs> I told Paul yesterday, I said, uh, to make you feel better, since someone was making fun of the shirt, I said, I have a shirt very similar to that. I have two of them. I will wear one tomorrow to take a little bit of the heat off Paul. Listen, so I, now David David can chime yeah, in. That, that's where I'm David, David David, our, our we fashion critic, yeah. he'll be in the YouTube chat. We and must hear he can what tell, he has He can say. tell us what he He is the arbiter of all clothing. Our own David tends to be the one who feeds us what David David says. There's a lot of... David and David going around. Our David said that if David David saw his wardrobe, he may spontaneously combust upon seeing what he wears. Yeah, Reed, I didn't notice what you're wearing today. Is it a good day to show David David? Reed's always a few seconds behind. He's on delay. I want him to wear one of his softball jerseys. That would really get David David dizzy. It also may be just the type of thing David David's looking for. That like really he's seeking out more of a David Reed wardrobe than ours. We don't know him yet. There's a great question in here for the Tennessee Power Hour from Tim Lefu. How successful will Josh Heupel be as Bama's OC in four years? <laughs> that question we will Probably ask. Probably very Hobbs. successful, honestly. Uh, Final Four tipping off tomorrow evening, and FanDuel.com is the place to go right now. Free money. Free money because you have 40 to 1 odds. FanDuel.com slash OK360. They offer for new users where restrictions do apply based on where you place your bets. But you go to FanDuel.com slash OK360. You see the lines here. 40 to 1 odds for the money line, which means you can take Gonzaga. Uh, actually, they've already got the lines up for the championship game, which is funny. You can see Gonzaga would be favored by 5.5 over Baylor. The final four games are right below 
the Gonzaga-Baylor matchup for the futures bet. Baylor favored by five, Gonzaga favored by 14. You can take Gonzaga in the money line at 40 to one odds. A $5 bet would pay you $200 if Gonzaga beats UCLA tomorrow. FanDuel.com slash OK360. My first baseball bet, not good. Not good. On your Yanks? Yeah. So I needed them to win by two and for the teams to score fewer than eight. Look, here's my <laughs> thing about uh, Garrett Cole and an ace. And the Yankees needed a, a top flight ace for several years. They finally went last year, got Garrett Cole, shortened season. You know, you don't get the full sample size. I have unrealistic expectations of an ace ace, right? Sure. And among the unrealistic expectations, I don't want a pitch like this that Jakob's going to put up on the screen. Throw him at any crucial time in a game. And they were up 2-1, and he throws this pitch. <laughs> he throws this pitch. Right down the middle. And what this pitch results in to Tiascar Hernandez is a home run that ties the game 2-2 and sets them up to lose 3-2 in extra innings. And Cole says after the game, I just want that slider back. Yeah, I do too. Uh, when you're making $300 million or whatever you're making over the life of the contract, you cannot throw this pitch. I mean, you can miss, but I don't know that you can miss like this. Can you miss like this? Is it unreasonable of me to say he's going to make his mistakes, but he can't make that mistake? Look at that pitch. Chad, describe that pitch for people who are only listening. If you had, uh, geometrically speaking, the perfect square of a strike zone, this thing is the bullseye in the middle of that square, dead center of the square. Okay, right I don't want my rookie fifth starter throwing this pitch. But Garrett Cole, certainly in a crucial situation, can't throw that So your Yankees lost 3-2 to two in 10 innings. My Braves lost 3-2 to two in 10 innings. Teresa's Phillies won 3-2 to two two in 10 innings. Okay. But it's similar. Aaron Nola was having a great game as the ace for the Phillies. And he made one awful mistake to Kung Fu Panda, Pablo Sandoval, who put it into the upper deck to tie it at two in this, I think, What's the seventh grade. What's Pablo weighing in these days? Uh, uh, say a cool 320, 330. He's every bit as fat as he was as a giant. He's not lost any weight. Unlike Paul, who lost some weight and got on the Peloton, I don't think Kung Fu Panda has gotten on a Peloton no. anytime lately. Did you see the best? But there, there was a frustrating moment that game also where – I was okay with the attempt, and then the result, I'm so angry. It's the uh, top of the ninth for the Braves, or maybe the top of the tenth. There's one out runner on third. Marcelo Zuna hits a very shallow fly ball to center field. Ozzie Albies tries to score on it. It's not even close. I mean, he's easily out at the plate. But at the, at the time, I'm thinking, just go ahead and try to tag up. Like, maybe it's going to be a bad throw. Just force them to make a good throw. And then after the fact, I'm thinking, that was way too easy. Why did you do that? I don't like uh, base runner on site. Like last year in a COVID shortened season and all that with the pitching issues and I whatever, I, I was all right with it. I'm going to have trouble with it this year. It adds an immediate excitement to it where there is a strategy involved with the base runner on second and extras that I love. The, the one concession that I've heard uh, that I like, or even the baseball purists are saying, Look, we do agree there is an added element of excitement to the extra innings rule now with, with starting this. Let's do it like in the 11th inning, in the 12th inning, and not in the 10th. Here's, here's one of my major issues with it. 
I don't like stuff you do in the regular season that you wouldn't do in the postseason. So if it's not good enough for the playoffs, why is it good enough for the regular season? Well, what about NHL? Are you okay with the uh, shootout in the regular season? I have to, to be honest. I don't care enough about the NHL to have that big of a factor, but I do, I do say, yeah, why create an artificial thing for NHL regular? And I wouldn't say you should play infinite overtimes in the NHL. You have to settle for, for a time. See, I, but I think the better solution, if you're going to match it up, would be to go to the shootout in the playoffs, too. See, I Because you cannot have games that go that games. long in the regular no, season. No, you can't. Waiting on someone to score. You can't. But you settle for a tie. Uh, it, it was the old, old solution. Yeah. Uh, but I don't like things, generally speaking, that are different in the regular season than the playoffs. Did you see the best highlight of yesterday's baseball was Miguel Cabrera hitting a home run and running the bases in a pretty hard snow yeah. in Detroit. And, uh, you know, they majestically filmed it. It looked like it was out of a movie. And he's, speaking of guys who have lost weight, uh, unlike Sandy. He's lost some weight. Yeah, he looks good. Hit us up on Twitter at... Outkick 360. Uh, yesterday, Roy Williams announced his retirement after 33 years as a head coach. The former Kansas Jayhawk head coach retired at North Carolina. The current Kansas Jayhawk coach in Bill Self signs a lifetime contract today. They make that announcement. His contract was scheduled to expire next spring. And there's an NCAA investigation going on. We were discussing What's going on at certain universities? How Will Wade still holds a job at LSU? We got into that last week. Kansas is another one of these programs that's being investigated. And Bill Self gets the lifetime contract announced does, today. Does Kansas even have an AD? They just fired their AD because the Les Miles dust up. So now is the president just offering a lifetime contract? I get, yeah, I guess the Bill chancellor. Self without an AD? I guess the chancellor is call, making that call. This kind of screams of the Philip Fulmer giving his buddy a contract in Kevin Steele before the coaching situation was solved. Well, Chuck only, if, only if the chancellor's about to get canned. Well, the difference is Bill Sells won a national title <laughs> also as a head coach. So it's a little bit different, but. He's only 58. I don't have a, I mean, I would want to make sure that I had Bill Self for as long as As long as you Bill know Self. that it's not going to be damning, whatever the violation is or whatever the incident no, I think is. No, I think what it's telling you is we don't care what the violation is or what the punishment is. Yeah. You're not going to remove him as head coach, period. We're not. He's here. Well, it's also you're putting the stipulation in for yeah. the hire to say right. I, I don't care how high-minded you are about NCAA violations. This is our basketball coach. Right. That's solved, settled. And then Bill Self also knows – New AD coming in. I don't even answer to this person, right? I mean, I got a lifetime contract from the university before you were hired. So you're not my boss, I'm, essentially, at that point. I'm my own boss of the basketball I, program. I am the captain now. Yes. 15 Big 12 titles uh, in his time there. 17 NCAA tournament appearances. Of course, won the national title. Um, and that was, what, 2008 when they won the national title over Memphis. And... Nearly 530 wins as the coach at Kansas. So, Bill Self getting the lifetime contract with the Kansas Jayhawks. Speaking of hoops, we preview the Final Four. Our thoughts on the matchups. Gonzaga, UCLA, Houston taking on Baylor. We break it down next on OutKick 360. (laughs) 
Gonzaga, UCLA, and Baylor taking on Houston. It is OutKick 360 across the OutKick network. Glad you're with us, and you can follow us on social media, at OutKick360 on Twitter. You can also subscribe to the channel on YouTube. You can share the Facebook page and the post. I just did that on the account. Uh, we hope you will as well. Also, if you are watching on Twitter, follow us there. You can click watch as you go and keep a, a page open on your browser. Again, at OutKick360. We're in the chat right now on YouTube. There is, I believe, let me pull this up. Yeah, Kim. Kim says, blue is a good color for Chad. Oh, oh. It's Kim. Thank you. Let me address the camera and Kim right now. <laughs> Kim, thank you so much for saying that. And uh, Angie, I've, please turn yours off. I've been told that before, but it still is always nice to hear nice things. Also, so Benjamin Pond says, the Colhans looking pristine. Colhans have had a full week, I think. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got to tell well, the all right story at break. This content. is, uh, yeah. Well, so if, if you're in some of our break content, uh, we we're pretty proud of. We did Lance and Jacob doing a great job uh, producing these, but it's kind of story time during the breaks where we tell different inside stories. You may hear something like bang hats or see the hashtag bang hats. And if you're just tuning in from uh, Charleston, South Carolina for the first time and didn't listen to our old show, you wouldn't know what that means. So we're explaining some of these things during the breaks. And uh, they will gradually filter their way in to the program. We hope you enjoy listening to them as much as we're enjoying uh, coming up with which ones we should do and putting them on tape. I also love how Cole Hahn has become a, a member of the show also, each and every day. I, I feel like the break content is really, uh, I feel like I'm talking directly to Emma uh, <laughs> and getting to know Emma, who we've not been privileged to meet. So love to you, Emma. How long can we keep it going where we don't meet Emma? Like there's, there should be like an on-air meeting for the first time, you know, six months from now, a year from now, where we never actually physically meet Emma, we just talk about Hugs it. and the exchanging of gifts. Yes. The awkward hug. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the awkward half hug. Yeah. Paul goes in for the kiss on the cheek very <laughs> no, awkwardly. No. It's very European, Paul. <laughs> His agreement. Facts with a scar. We send yeah. each other uh, vaccination records. Yeah. <laughs> make, it, make it formal that way. Uh, Gonzaga, would you guys – Take the Zags minus 14 against UCLA tomorrow night. Uh, I would and I will. And you will? Me too. Uh, tomorrow against I have UCLA. Them. UCLA can't score with Gonzaga. And their defense, while very good, they're not going to keep that offense down. I mentioned this earlier in the week. It's the, it's the best passing team I've ever seen at any level of basketball. Every player who plays is an expert level vision and passing player. I, I think they win going away again. I think this is a, I think it's a comfortable 17, 20 point game in the end, even though 14 is a lot of points, Hutton, but I'm, I'm taking Gonzaga. I mean, when you say it's comfortable 17 point game, that's only three points. It's not comfortable on the line. I'm saying it's comfortable from Gonzaga. Yeah. I know, but I mean, three point, you're, you're saying three well, Paul, points, so that's not Let a me lot explain of how gambling works for you. Yeah. Typically, it's not comfortable on that line. That I, line's there I for a reason. So that's, that's why if you're I, expecting a 28 point win where yeah. you're. Not sweating all That's the time. That's what I want. I want to double the spread. We used to, we used to make crazy declarations. Uh, outrage, what do we call them? Our outrageous picks. Proclamations. And proclamations. Yeah. And Hutton used to always come in with a double the spread. Or doubling that or spread. Or half the spread. 
Um, that's what I want. You know, let's I, make I it 28. Know. Let's double that spread tomorrow. <laughs> that's how confident Hutton is. We're going to double the spread. Zags by 28. Zags we, are putting up 92. Where will UCLA fall in, into that category? If the Zags scored 92? Yeah. What can UCLA then score? I, I, think I think your double the spread <laughs> prediction is right. Well, they average 94 right now. Yeah, I UCLA think UCLA can play pretty good defense. UCLA is going to keep them below their average. I yeah. think pretty well below their average. But I, 80. I see this as like an 79 to 59. What's the over under final? Right now, so right now uh, the Zags are 30 and 0. They're two wins away from that first unbeaten season since 1976. Only six other teams in the history of the tournament have gone six and 0 against the spread through their national championship run. Right now, the Zags are 4-0 against the spread with two games to play. I would be taking Gonzaga in both matchups. We saw the FanDuel graphic earlier where right now, if we were tipping off the championship game on Monday night, it would be Baylor and Gonzaga with the future line. Five and a half is the spread right now for Gonzaga over Baylor. The over-under on Zags uh, Bruins is 145 and a half, which I feel like is the over-under on every game of the tournament. Yeah, it's right around uh, there. Though though the other game, Houston Baylor, is 134 and a half. Um, so, I, I mean, I feel very confident Zags are going to win. The, the number always it takes two teams me. to get that over. <laughs> That's the problem. Yeah. yeah. And I, UCLA being that other team scares me in that. So, who is actually against Gonzaga finishing off this undefeated season outside of Indiana fans? St. Mary's fans. I mean, yeah, but like I'm trying to think of the, the group of people that don't want to see Gonzaga conference. be that team. If it was Kentucky in 2015, all of America was rooting against Kentucky. Well, and that weren't Kentucky fans because it's Kentucky. Yeah. Let's right. consider what we're also discussing in 2021. Gonzaga, the number one overall seed with a chance to go unbeaten, taking on UCLA from first four to final four. You have the Blue Blood program that's treated like the Cinderella in this tournament as the 11 seed with a chance to knock off the UCLA of 2021. Yeah, it is Gonzaga. a very compelling backwards story. I, it I really think, is. I think, you know, it's not... It's not the blue, even though UCLA is a blue blood. Yep. But it's not your typical, oh boy, it's uh, Kentucky and Michigan State, right? Or Kansas and Duke in a national semi where everyone's, it's compelling to see those programs go head to head. Both of these matchups to me have compelling features to it. Gonzaga being the West Coast replacement in some ways for Arizona, UCLA. Arizona, UCLA, West Coast dominance for years and years. And Gonzaga creates this dynasty where now they are a West Coast power. They don't have the long history of, of UCLA especially, but you know Arizona, what they started with Lute Olson and became. But I think that matchup of old school West Coast power, new school, new money, old money, new money, UCLA, Gonzaga is very interesting. And I think Baylor and the job Scott Drew's done with that program, I mean, you want to talk about two resurrection stories, right? It's Easter weekend. Let's talk about resurrection stories. Baylor men's basketball under Scott Drew, Kelvin Sampson and his career at Houston. And you've got the intrastate part of it also with Houston and Baylor. While it's not Kansas Duke, there's some interesting angles to these two matchups. Also, the city of Houston is firmly behind Houston and Kelvin Sampson. And he is the face of the program and the university. If you're, if Paul and I were in Houston this past December for Titans-Texans. If you drive around that city, there is nothing 
but Houston Cougar billboards everywhere and Kelvin Sampson's face on they do a good everywhere job of across it. the city. When that city does a good job when one of its teams gets good. When Rice uh, does something, they get up for it. When Houston does something, they get up for it. They're looking for. I mean, it's such a big city that when there's a collegiate thing to get excited about, they they go all in there. So and and it's not like Houston's never been good before. You go back to Five Slamma Jamma, which was a right. monstrous deal. So they're all the way in on this for sure. Um, you said it's not Duke, Kansas. I, I think more. I mean, they're not down the street from each other, but I think more Duke, Carolina. Yeah. Uh, in terms of there being an interstate thing, it's a big matchup for John McClain, the Baylor grad and uh, Houston sports icon. That I normally, mean, listen, if it wasn't I'm Baylor involved, he'd be all for sick Houston. Sick and Bears, but uh, you know, if they lose, I'm I'm gonna be happy for my city. Yeah, I don't think he'll be happy. I think he'll be the first to tell you he's well, he's all Baylor. I'm really intrigued to watch uh, Baylor tomorrow against Houston because they average 41% from three. Meanwhile, Houston has the best defense remaining in the tournament, and they are great at second-chance opportunities. That's the thing. Offensive Houston. rebounds and putbacks. They are, they are strong on the boards on the offensive end. So can they find those extra possessions or two against a Baylor team that's going to push the tempo and shoot the three? But beyond that, Scott Drew doesn't feel like his team entered the tournament playing their best basketball. In fact, it was the opposite. After a COVID shutdown, he felt like they had to regroup. And the question is, after two weeks of the tournament now, are we about to see them really turn it on? Because we haven't seen Jared Butler play at his peak yet in the tournament. We know what he's capable of, but if he does... They they could be a team that I picked Butler over. Or excuse me, not Butler. I picked Baylor over Gonzaga in my bracket because of their style of play and how I think they can push the tempo. On top of Houston uh, being a very good offensive rebounding team, Baylor's not a great defensive rebounding team. So I think that's where there's room for Houston here. The other thing is that Baylor's forced turnovers from teams that don't turn the ball over a lot through this tournament, Wisconsin, Villanova, Arkansas. So can Houston protect the ball? I think if Houston doesn't turn the ball over with any great frequency and continues to get offensive rebounds against a team that's not a great defensive rebounding team, they're in this game. So, and I'm curious, Chad, we, we all agree, Gonzaga minus 14. Baylor minus five against Houston? Yeah, I think Baylor wins it 10. You know, I, I think they – let's double the spread. They're five. I think, yeah. I think they're going to win by 10 in this game. Um, when you get in these moments, great defensive teams, that, that travels, right? Your defense travels. I think that's what's maybe the biggest reason Houston is, is here right now. Mm-hmm. But give me the team that can score the way Baylor can score and the way Baylor can shoot it in, in a game like this. And I'm also just rooting like crazy for Baylor and Gonzaga to win because it's rare where we get the national championship game that everyone predicted in the preseason. From the very beginning of the season, very early in the season, it was clear it was Gonzaga, Baylor, and then everyone else. And they were going to play in December. They were going to play. Neutral side and missed out on that opportunity to see them play each other. And now to have this chance to play for a national championship, I'm rooting like crazy for both it's of them. It's also tidy. You know, you don't always get them on opposite sides of the bracket. 
That's right. Yeah. So sometimes it's a national semifinal instead of a national final. Well, and they did that because, I mean, it's, again, it's clear one and two, one and yeah. two seeds. So they were going to be pit on the opposite side. They're already there in the final four. One more win for each, and we get a Monday night national championship game what time is that, that everyone wanted to see. What time does that start on Monday night? 11? Put that graphic up, uh, <laughs> Jacob. We've got the tip-off start off times time. on Saturday are entirely regional. There you go. Tip-off. Um, oh, this is for tomorrow. We can scroll up and you'll see the tip-off time. 8 o'clock Central, Baylor, uh, Gonzaga, and the futures bet right now at FanDuel.com if you wanted to go ahead and place that bet. It's very reasonable Central time. Yeah. For Central time, folks, 8 o'clock, very reasonable. It's not great uh, 9 o'clock. And I also don't feel like that game's going to tip right at 8 o'clock. No. I think that that's what they're saying. Like the broadcast starts, it's probably going to be like 8-11. I would think 9-11 Eastern. Could It'll even be, be 8-20. Yeah. So the I'm looking at the the, the futures here. I, I would take right now at the five and a half. I I would put the money on Gonzaga with the way they've been playing. Just give me Gonzaga Baylor. That's that's ultimately what I want to see. And then enjoy it. You think that spread moves if they, if they both win? Does anything happen that moves that spread? Uh, an injury oh, significant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but I mean, outside, outside of something major. I think it would take an injury. It would move by half a point one way or the other based on money. <laughs> yeah, I mean <laughs> if, ba- if Baylor wins on a buzzer beater. And Gonzaga wins by 40, then maybe it moves a couple yeah. points. But I think it would take a, an injury to change it big time. So next week's great because you shift immediately from. So Monday will be further preview. We'll, we'll preview mm-hmm. what out of what happens on Saturday, and then Tuesday we're you know talking about pairings and uh, and tea times and anticipation of the real start of spring with the Masters coming. And we were talking about Jim Nance the other day. It's the best week of Jim Nance's life where he goes from giving away that tie to flying to Augusta. And, um, you know, hopefully our weather uh, and and the weather, particularly in Augusta, after we saw a Masters without the flowers in bloom in, what, November, um, is is what it is. Tiger Woods obviously not there recovering from, from his accident. Is it weird they're not going to say why he wrecked? I don't know if you guys have been following this story. They know the reason, but they're not going to say it. And they said it's because normally we don't we don't announce the reason. But they're, they've concluded well, the investigation, and they, they're, but they're telling thing. everyone we know exactly the cause of the wreck. But yet we're not going to tell you. Speed. Some, somebody's going to get it. Somebody will report it. Don't you think? I, would I, think, think I mean, I would think now you're going to it's going to get out. But if Tiger doesn't want it out. His people are going to bust their asses to not have it out. But I don't understand why it's not public information. It's These are public officials doing the investigation who are paid with public funds. And it's a public intersection that's been problematic. So if there's something that should be done to slow people down there, I, I don't know. There's a lot of news, Paul, that Tiger Woods doesn't want out and it got out anyway. Yeah. He doesn't control oh, I the media. I know. But there's also That's, a lot of other Tiger I, news that I, I, I'm sure exists that is not out. I think that, that would you, be reported if people knew about well, it. Right. I think when you uh, and I, we can compare this to the Deshaun Watson story. I think there are times to speak and times to be quiet. I think Deshaun Watson's attorney finding 18 masseuses to say that he was fine is not the right way to go about it. Because then that's just opening up more questions about how many masseuses does this guy have. Exactly. Probably the it's time up over to be 40 quiet right now. Yeah, it's probably time to be quiet if you're Deshaun Watson at his camp yeah. until everything's out, and then you start to mount your defense and you see if it's going to be criminal or not. 
Uh, when the California authorities are telling people, we've concluded the investigation, we know what it is, but we're not going to tell you, that makes it sound more salacious than it probably is. Like, Hutton, your immediate thought was, oh, he was speeding. Well, if he was speeding, say it. Because when you say we know what it is, but out of respect for Tiger Woods, we're not going to announce the cause of the wreck. I think that lends itself for people's minds to start going in wild directions. Well, they also didn't take blood. I think that's on the record, right? So if there was some uh, substance issue, we wouldn't know it. I don't think they have the well, evidence. Well, I mean, I think, it, you know, the first thought was he just had surgery. You know, it was early in the morning. Was there a, a prescribed something he was legally taking right. that effect that impaired his driving on, a, on an early morning? But I don't think they that. have the evidence of that or not. I mean, it might have if he said what he took, um, but they don't have it in terms of a, a, a blood test because they said they didn't take blood. I just think it's it's a weird story to follow because they didn't take blood, but yet they immediately ruled out foul play, that he was intoxicated in, in any way, right? Yeah. That was the immediate report. They're yeah, not they said he was not impaired. Because he was conscious the when they found him and they judged him to be... He was so also extremely... Right, but he's got to be in shock immediately. Well, yeah. Not even shock. He was extremely... Uh, calm and collected whenever they were speaking to him at the scene. Which is that, that's what I took away from the story. Because he's in shock. A few months ago. No, but the, the mentality-wise, like, with him in shock, I, don't, I think there's a different reaction that you have. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure uh, the, the shock's setting in. But his, his wherewithal with everything uh, is, was on full display, at least for me, whenever I was reading and, and following that story. Like, the, the tiger mentality took over obviously that's that's what I read into it I just I, I was to me it was just so odd that the California authorities said we're done with the investigation we know what the cause was we're not going to tell you I'm surprised that wasn't a bigger story I didn't see that it was across. it was a headline uh, on Tuesday I know for sure I, I mean but I just I'm, missed it but but I, I also believe someone's going to have that story. The quote was, we, we've reached out to Tiger Woods and his personnel. There's some privacy issues on releasing information on the investigation, so we're going to ask them if they waive the privacy, and then we will be able to do a full release on all the information regarding the accident. The one thing they did say was that the, the Genesis SUV that he was driving has a black box and that they had obtained that, but they did not say whether or not the information was a part of the conclusion of whatever they're discussing in the privacy records. I don't understand the privacy issue. I mean, accident reports are, you know, Isaiah Wilson had a, a, an accident and I was able to get the accident report. Their accident reports are public information. Well, let me just give you a for instance, all right? And I, this is not me speculating on anything with Tiger personally, but just uh, an example of something that it could be, that could be happening. What if you had a medical condition you were, you were receiving treatment for that you didn't want out in public? That, would to me, would be a privacy issue that they would need to check with you first on. Yeah, if I got into a wreck point. because I'm undergoing treatment for some condition that I haven't told my family about yet or I haven't told my friends about yet. you just don't want the public to that know. That you just don't want the public to know because for whatever reason, you just don't want people to know about it. If that's a cause of a wreck, then I can, I, I mean, personally... If you're Tiger Woods, you would appreciate the fact they would sure. say, hey, there's some privacy issues here. Are you okay with us releasing this and he before no. doing it? But then uh, if that's the cause of a wreck, uh, should he have been driving? 
with it? And was he uh, a threat to public safety? And then, you know, I, I think you could argue out, um, you know, don't, don't you save somebody else by making it clear that if you have that issue, you shouldn't be driving, as evidenced by, you know, in, in your gaming out your scenario, which I'm not saying is, yeah. is true or not. But isn't there some public safety issue to be advanced by going forward with that? Mission? I just think it's either nothing and a non-story, and they should just say it, or it's a big story, and for whatever reason they're not saying it, and it's there. It's hiding behind this privacy law or privacy issue. But to me, that would be an illegal matter, right? If it was something, if it's a big story, it's something illegal that took place. Conceivably, I uh, I put my money on Armin Katayan. Didn't he co-write yeah. a Tiger book? He could be the one. Give me odds on that at FanDuel with your connections, Hunt. Okay, FanDuel.com slash OK360. That's uh, that, that's what we can tell you. The only thing we do know about the wreck is he was not drunk. Uh, the L.A. Sheriff's Office came out and said that back in February. Uh, this, that was not the cause. Right, right after The quote happened, was right? not drunk, order. purely an accident was also the other quote um, from all of that. So that that's the only definitive statement that we have from the investigators. And obviously everybody's going to miss him at the Masters. Yeah. I mean, Tiger at the Masters is, uh, you know, must see TV no matter how, uh, certainly if he's going well, but even when he's not going well. Can't wait to talk Masters next week. Coming up, the best non-quarterback in the NFL draft. Outkick 360. Stay with us. So who is the best prospect that's not playing the quarterback position in the NFL draft. Welcome back to Outkick 360 across the Outkick network. We hope you'll subscribe to the channel on YouTube. Subscribe to the podcast as well. You can find us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download your podcast. Check out Outkick 360. The, the answer is likely Kyle Pitts, the tight end from Florida. Because if Arthur Smith and and Atlanta at number four, if they choose not to draft a quarterback, uh, and they could, if they choose not to draft a quarterback, it looks as though they're doing everything background-wise on Kyle Pitts. They have Zoomed with him two or three times prior to his pro day. They had scheduled another Zoom with him after his pro day, uh, spending a ton of time with the Florida tight end. And when you consider what they need offensively, and the style of offense that we're all familiar with what Arthur Smith is bringing with him and, and will be calling the plays as the head coach of the Falcons, that makes a lot of sense if you're keeping Matt Ryan, which they are, and you add another weapon around a player like Julio Jones. He's fantastic. Uh, I, I have no objection to him ranking fourth, but the fact that they would take him there doesn't make him automatically – the best non-quarterback. I mean, you can make a case, I think, for Sewell, the offensive lineman from uh, Oregon. Oregon. You can make a case for Micah Parsons, the linebacker from Penn State, though that position off the ball linebacker generally isn't valued that high. Neither is tight end, right? You don't see top five tight ends. Um, you can maybe make a case for the best wide receiver. I don't know if that's Jamar Chase. Um, 
but I have no problem slotting Pitts there. I think he's kind of a, a, a one-of-a-kind in a long time mm-hmm. tight end who's really – you could classify him as a wide receiver almost. You're not going to ask him to do a hell of a lot of blocking. You want him out there creating mismatches in the passing game. The average wide receiver is six feet tall in the NFL. The average tight end is 6'3". Kyle Pitts is 6'5". Yeah. Yeah. Listed, uh, and that's probably the the, the, the Florida height was 6'6". Six, six. The NFL height will be 6'5". Yes. But um, I, I love Pitts. He, he's my favorite prospect in this draft. So I would normally go with Kyle Pitts on this answer, but I'm going to go with the guy that uh, Paul had mentioned briefly that in every mock draft I've seen, he is the first non-quarterback taken consistently by one team, Cincinnati, Cincinnati. drafting Pinay Sewell from Oregon. That, I mean, that is the guy. Every single mock draft I've read have them taking protection for Joe Burrow and Sewell as their pick. But at see, number that's five. also – And there's a lot of uh, drafts you'll see that the first four picks are quarterbacks. Right. Or they right? take Jamar Chase. Yeah, or Chase. See, that's also very need-based. And I would go that direction, right? He needs weapons, certainly, Burrow. But doesn't do much to give him weapons if he's got to throw to them while he's being knocked on his ass. Um, so, uh, you know, Sewell – uh, would obviously shore up that offensive line. Uh, Slater's very highly rated as a, mm. as a tackle, too, from Northwestern, but seems to be consistently second to, to Sewell. Um, so I, I, I think um, – and, and the wide receiver, there seems to be no clear cut. It's a little bit of what's your flavor for your offense in terms of who's the right guy between Chase, between uh, Waddle. And even Devontae Smith. Well, and I'll give you another name that I, I think is a great player and going to be a terrific pro is Sertan from Alabama, the corner. Uh, and you see him uh, everything, Everything you want, though, right? The, the pedigree, the size, uh, man coverage ability. I think he's going to be a, a great player. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, he's typically around that 8 to 12 range in, in mock drafts. But that could be a, one of those no-brainer type prospects also. This is a great corner draft, mm-hmm. and that's uh, and that, wide receiver. Yeah, that's it's going to be very deep at those two positions. It's good those two positions for the hometown team. First, here. first, uh, the first four rounds of this draft, you can find a, a wide receiver of of your choosing to fit whatever description you need to fit within your offense. It's a it's a very strong draft for that. Next week uh, in, during a Tennessee Power Hour, let's get into what the Titans could be and we think should be looking for in that wide receiver because do they want a guy who does what Corey Davis did to replace him or do they want to expand on what Corey Davis did to get something different or both? Kyle Pitts did say this week uh, that no team has asked him to play wide receiver uh, directly but uh, he's a he's a passing weapon. Look, you're putting him <laughs> like, in. Yeah, the, I mean, you're putting him in the slot. Yeah. Like Colin Wilson wrote this. Yeah. He's a he's a big receiver. He's a top five pick. He's a big uh, slot in a lot of ways. Yeah. Blake Bettingfield wrote about like the evolution of the slot now. You know, and, and one of the slot guys that you have is big slot. Well, who's the big slot? A guy like Pitts is a dream big slot that's forcing a certain kind of defense, and that he's going to beat it anyway. Hit us up at Outkick360. Uh, Chad, you were reading during the break, Porter Moser likely 
uh, well, he's going to have plenty of opportunities for a Power Five type job from Loyola Chicago. Where are the rumors putting him right now among some openings? Well, Greg Couch at Outkick.com has a great column up about uh, Porter Moser leaving. And I want to get the exact line that he wrote that I thought was, was very well said. Can he do about better than Oklahoma? Like, can't you wait for a... This is from Greg Couch. What makes me think Moser will leave? Oh, I don't know. The history of sports, maybe. The history of the world in general. Money talks. Facilities talk. Tradition talks. Now, he later goes on to write, and something I brought up, there's nothing stopping Loyola Chicago from becoming a Gonzaga-like program in the Midwest if they make the proper investment, if Porter Moser stays. But the Mark Fuse of the world are, pun intended, few and far between. Guys who will commit to a place like that and stay and not jump at the bigger program. Now, Paul, you asked the question, and I think that you – I get what you're saying with this, and I think your sensibilities are much more stay at the small private school if you can and don't go to the big state school just because it's a big state school name. And I get some of that, but you're going to get a lot more resources even in Oklahoma sure. than you ever will probably at Loyola Chicago, and you're also going to get a lot more money at Oklahoma. Now, I can understand saying, you know, if it's North Carolina, I'm bolted. Yes, that's a far different right? thing. Right? If, yeah. if North Carolina came calling for Porter Moser, then yes, that's a job you absolutely take. But why rush to go to the first? Don't go to the I'll, first. I'll give one. you two examples in the Big 12. Uh, Texas Tech has an opening now. Their Chris Beard just left. Texas Tech, Oklahoma. Is that leave Loyola Chicago worthy like North Carolina is leave Loyola Chicago worthy? I think there are a lot of schools between. Oklahoma and Texas Tech and North Carolina that would be attractive. Now, I don't know that much about Porter Moser and what's attractive to him. We talked about this with Mark Few. You know, his father was a, a pastor at the same church for his entire life, and so that's an appealing lifestyle for Few. And maybe Porter Moser's father moved around a bunch. Uh, you know, we don't what know What we know is he's, he's coached twice at Texas A&M, and he, he was the head coach at Arkansas Little Rock. So... That area of the country, when you mention Oklahoma, fits where he's been uh, multiple times throughout his coaching career. But I think he could do better than Oklahoma while still not being at North Carolina. It doesn't have to come this year, right? Uh, odds are he's still going to be a pretty hot property next year, even you know if his team turns over and he doesn't, doesn't have a lot next year. He, people know he's a good coach. He's an attractive prospect now as a head coaching candidate. So... Uh, you know, if Oklahoma doesn't feel like the right place, he'll have other schools the same or better than Oklahoma lining up for him again next year, don't you think? Well, it's, it's always about what your goal is. And also, you do need to strike while the iron's hot. And I'm forgetting the school. It may have been Indiana at one point. But someone came hard after Shaka Smart uh, at, at one point in time, right after that Final Four run with VCU. And he re-upped with VCU, got more money, and it looked like, oh, maybe Shaka Smart will be a lifer. And then a year or two later, VCU was good, but not Final Four good, and he bolts for Texas. But I remember there was a job before that that seemed like it made more sense for Shaka Smart. And now, five, six years later, he bolts for Marquette, which seems to make a lot of sense for Shaka Smart also. So striking while the iron's hot, Porter Moser's going to have other opportunities if he keeps the program rolling at all. It's not like he can't leave for a job like Oklahoma a year from now, two years from now, if that's the route he wants to go. But if you really like this job and you get offered the right amount of money, 
it's going to be an intriguing option for him to go. Now, North Carolina also. And Bubba Cunningham, their AD, said this yesterday. Paul, you're going to love this. No search firm. He's going to make that. the hire on his own. And he said, though, and I don't know if I like this or not, having North Carolina family ties is important, but it's not the only deciding factor. There are a lot of coaches, I think, in this country that would leave their great job for North Carolina. And there are coaches we would never think about even leaving their current job that would love to go to North Carolina. Go find that coach. If you can go find and identify that coach. Brad Stevens is a name that's popped up. Billy Donovan is a name that's popped up for North Carolina. Billy Donovan on better footing right now in the NBA than Brad Stevens, who's having a bit of a shaky go of it at this point. Would Brad Stevens take this as the opportunity to get back in the college game at North Carolina, where we all believe he would be terrific if that was the hire? But there's a coach, my point being, there's a coach at that level or at the major Division I level that seems like they're in a great spot right now that would like to go to North Carolina. So instead of going and hiring Wes Miller, who I think is the most likely to get the job, who played under Roy Williams at North Carolina, won a national title, and has now done a great job at UNC Greensboro, go find the guy that we're not even thinking about that would consider leaving for North Carolina. Nate Oates. That would be a good one. There's, there's one I'm just trying to think of who was the coach I was most impressed by yeah. in the tournament Hutton's been talking about. Eric Musselman, Nate Oates. Musselman. I mean, there are a lot of coaches that I would contact. if I, You could make the argument North Carolina is the greatest basketball job in the country. There, there's some other ones up there. Kentucky certainly top five. is up there. Oh, yeah. I, I think Duke, because of what Coach K's done with it, is, is certainly up there. But with the Michael Jordan influence, the Jordan brand influence, the history, it's – I mean, I would say certainly top three may be the best college basketball job out there. Hit us up at OutKick360. And, Paul, we also asked that anyone watching that wants the full show, maybe you're in and out of the show when we're live each morning and afternoon, you can also subscribe to the podcast, Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, Stitcher everywhere. Uh, Spotify, we haven't mentioned, Audible, uh, I think we've hit most of them there. Uh, Farmers only. I finally got that <laughs> one down. We're joking about all these other places. Look, uh, the show can find you in any way you want it to. All you've got to do is, uh, you know, go go find it, subscribe to it one time, and and boom. People tell me too. They were telling me last night in, in that chat I was in that uh, you know you subscribe uh, to the right place. It gives you notifications right when we start. So you know. You work one time, and then it works for you. Hope you'll find the show. Just search us out, Outkick 360. The Tennessee Power Hour is next on this Friday edition across the Outkick Network.